<laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? All right. Welcome back to the podcast with me, Felicia, a.k.a. Fee, a.k.a. Fifi, and also Graham, a.k.a. Sir Reads A Lot, a.k.a. Mad Book Stacks. I don't know. I, I tried to keep it up, change it every time. But welcome back to the podcast, Damn You're Tall. Today, I want to start off with talking about more pre-orders for PlayStation and Xbox. Yes, I know. Probably tired of hearing about it, but there's a lot of good news because there's going to be a big new gen console drop, and it's big news. So apparently, I've heard, I was listening to JD and the Paul cast. They were talking about um, how they, they basically pre-ordered it last it's two weeks ago now, I think, or last week, that PlayStation basically dropped the price, and they're like, hey, pre-orders are live now, so only a certain select people got it, and of course, there was people that are reselling it for over a grand, and I was like, you might as well just wait in that case, and you'll get a color that you want. Yeah, but nerds are bad about waiting. They're also bad with money. Matter of fact, nerds are just generally bad, now that I think about it. But... Anyway, they basically, they got their pre-orders, and of course, people are reselling them per usual, and I guess there's some speculation or rumors that going around that GameStop will be doing a in-store pre-order for the disc-only version at their store at, like, today, as of recording this. In 10 minutes on Friday, they're going to be doing a new drop. This is just GameStop's further attempts to spread the coronavirus, right? Apparently so. I will not be in that line because I do not want to get the Rona. People are here acting like we're still not in a full-blown pandemic. Um, I will definitely not be in there because there are, when I went in to go there and cancel my pre-order for uh, Last of Us Part 2, there were no type of protocols following Rona. They were just basically like, oh, everybody just come on in the store. It doesn't matter. Like GameStops are notoriously small anyway, but Now they're trying to, I think they're just trying to pick up their business because they closed like 400 stores. (laughs) So they're just trying to be like, hey, uh, stop buying digital because I'm pretty sure that's, I mean, you buy a game earlier at like, unless you want like, you know, the release, early release at like midnight, but I don't even think they do that anymore. It's like at seven release. They don't do like midnight releases anymore. Um, You can go to like Meyer or Walmart or Best Buy. (laughs) And you could just be like, uh, can I just get this game, please? And they're like, here you go. I mean, they don't do trade-ins. Best Buy tried to do something like that, but they got rid of it. So, I mean, but pretty much almost, I feel like everybody's going to be buying the digital version since it's like $300. So that's the latest on PlayStation, Xbox. I think they're like throwing shade at PlayStation. Like, um, we will let you know when our pre-orders go live. And I was like, uh, I mean, that's a subtle shot, but... It's whatever you're gonna buy, what you want to buy. So that's that's what I got for that news. In more gaming news, I downloaded Fall Guys. Yes, I'm probably a little bit late, but I had to get not probably. I mean, it's only like a month old. So and everybody's already tired of it. Like, I want new levels, I want season two. I'm like, this is why nerds ruin everything good. Like, it's a fun little game. I just downloaded it like on Tuesday, and I've made it to the finals like three times. Because there was a slight learning curve. I was like, oh, God. But I'm starting to get better at it. I've only been playing it for, like, this will be, like, my third full day. So, yeah, I like it. It's fun. Um, it's a lot better than Fortnite. I don't get as, like, rage 
like quitting wise, I guess, when you get shot and you're just like, oh, now I got to wait in this like queue. It's it's more fun. They have such happy music. So it makes you like, oh, I can dance. Well, everything about it is cheerier. I mean, Fortnite, as far as shooters go, was ludicrously cheery anyways. But Fall Guy, in part because it's not violent at all, is just cheerier. And also, I think having the 60 players rather than 100 leads to much faster turnarounds. So there's less time to sit around and be angry. And there's no searching for supplies. There's not that section of the game where you're wandering around hoping to find a decent gun. You just start out with all the equipment you need, which is a tail or no tail in some in some scenarios. Yeah, it's way easier, I think, just to basically you know, just hop right in and just you're trying to run and get to the finish line to qualify for the next round, and it's it's I mean, there's some tactics, I guess, but it's I feel like almost luck. Like one time there was like this level where there's a whole bunch of like rotating, like spinny things, and it's like a long arm and I'll rotate around a certain path. And like a few times I get bopped backwards, but like one time it bopped me like basically almost to the finish line. So it's like a chance thing. So that's that's what we've been playing a lot, and it's fun. I'm I'm level I'm only like level 10, but I just started. So I'm getting I got my little swim trunks and my little shoes. That's a little costume I got. And the costumes look like they're fun. Costumes do look like they're fun. However, I still think swim trunks and shoes make no sense. Well, okay, put it this way. You have your little I call them little jelly beans. They look like little jelly beans to me. You have your little jelly bean person and I mean they're trying to run up like a mountain or like uh, through an obstacle course. You want them wearing sandals? You already got people dressed as like seahorses and burgers. I want the burger one, right? By the way, that looks cool. You also want the hot dog one and the fry one. Yeah, I like the food ones. <laughs> They're the best to me. Well, I mean, the hot dog one you get by just playing. So I don't know how you get the hamburger or like the, the I like the pineapple too. The little pineapple heads. I want to be a little pineapple head. Don't look at me like that. Pineapples are awesome. I don't disagree. So, yeah, that's... <sighs> I'm trying to think of, like, any other type. It's just, like, a chance thing with anything. But it's not as bad as, like, you know, it's not, like, a strategy. Like, okay, you got to drop first and get out here and get all the supplies and all that stuff. And there's no, like, guns in it. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, my kids can actually play this without, like, if you don't like guns or something like that. And it's just, like, fun. It's super colorful. It looks like something Nintendo would do. That's why it's like super bright, like super Nintendo-y looking, and it's just fun. The little guys are like super top-heavy. Their legs are very disproportionate to the rest of their bodies. Their arms are like a six-foot wingspan, and they're like five-five. <laughs> so it's <laughs> they're little short, stubby legs, the little jelly bean. So that's that's what fun we've been having for a while, and. We've gotten close. Graham's actually done pretty well. We switch on and off because I'm trying to get him to play because I'm like, this is fun. Like, it's not as ragey as Fortnite or any other, uh, what is it? Uh, PUBG or something like that. I mean, you've been making me play it, but I've been fine with what I have. Anyway, I'm trying to get him to play because it's fun. He made it to the, almost made it to the finals on like his first try. So I was like, oh, well. Maybe I suck. I'm like, nah, he just got lucky. That's basically it. everybody else died in front of him. He was in a lobby full of noobs like him, and he just got got lucky. Well, we'll finish up our discussion of Lovecraft Country episode five, Strange Case. 
which is a take on the title of The Strange Case of Charles Dexter Ward, which is one of Lovecraft's longer ones about a evil magician who takes over a modern body. Oh, but the episode is like basically uh so Ruby, the sister of Letty, um is basically she was sleeping with this white man. I'm using air quotes because we later find out that it was the woman from uh, the cult leader's daughter. We eventually find out that it was her the whole time. And, um, but before that, he basically, they sleep together and he, I don't, I was kind of confused on how he did it. He like slipped or something and she woke up as a white woman, basically. And she was like freaking out and she left and she started walking down, um, south side of chicago and all these black people like ma'am are you okay you know ask her a question she's like freaking out and like this little uh black boy comes up it's like ma'am are you okay and the cops roll up there and they're like what'd you do to her boy what'd you do and everybody's just like whoa they're like ma'am come follow us please they're like escorting her to the car and everything and they're like your husband told us you have fits she's like what what's going on what this isn't me she's like freaking out because she's like i'm a white woman now (laughs) And they take her back to their like place where she's staying for the night. And he basically explains like something happens. Graham could probably explain it more hap- like how it happened. But from my from my uh eyes, he's read more Lovecraft, I'm pretty sure. But she basically he's like, she's like, uh, how do you feel like, you know, or so- some like a metamorphosis of a butterfly or something like that? And she's like people treated me like, it's like, were they scared of you? She goes, no, they treated me better. <laughs> and then she goes into, because there's like this arc for her is like, she wants to work at like this department store, which, you, which we've actually been in. She wants to work at Marshall Fields, which technically no longer exists, but we've been, been in the building that was Marshall Fields. I don't remember who owns it now. It's not Marshall Fields. I don't care. But uh, yeah, so she has like qualifications. She's got her degree. She's taking classes and all that stuff. But I said the reason they didn't hire, not only just because she's black, um, was because she's a bigger black lady. And the black lady that they hired, she like talks to her is like, oh, I just applied on a whim. And I was like, oh, it's because she's too big. And they're like, we just want a smaller, less intimidating black woman. So basically the her, like the story, there's other stuff that goes on, but the main part that focuses on is like, She's going in, she applies for the job. She gets the job because she's like overqualified pretty much with all her stuff, but she's a white woman this time. And the guy's like, You'll be almost taking my job. <laughs> He's like, How are you working with uh coloreds? She's like, As long as they do their job, then you know it's fine. He's like, Well, we had like a uh no color policy and they switched up on it, and they're like, uh, well, you know, we're not trying to not only did they change to a no he said it was whites only. Not only did they get rid of their whites only policy, uh, they had a whole bunch of people quit when the whites only policy was ended. And they hired precisely one black woman, which was really so that the manager could sexually harass her and eventually attempt to sexually assault her. Yeah, but we'll get into that. That was a good scene. I had to rerun that back. But so she basically gets the job and she's like, uh, you know, the the black girls doing basically all the work because the white women are like, kind of like, Oh, just relax. We can do whatever we want. Kind of like thing. And she's like, 
oh, uh, have you, you know, she's like, oh, I took these classes. Did you take these classes down like the Marco, like uh, the Mount Quebec Center? She goes, no, and she didn't have a degree or anything. So she was like, what the hell? I did all this stuff. I have a degree. I have classes. I have like high standards and they just hired you because why? Like to fill the quota, which was pretty much it. So she kind of got upset, but she didn't like, she wasn't mad at the black girl because I mean, she was just trying to do her job and just trying to make some money. Well, she did kind of get mad at the black girl because the, the girl, I mean, didn't have any qualifications. She really, she actually <laughs> later lecture her like, you have to work harder. You have to be better. You have to be the absolute best. Whereas white people don't have to do that. Well, yeah. So speeding forward a little bit, she's metamorphosing. Um, like she does that during the interview, actually. She starts to like turn and it's like a very like her skin peels as she like comes out like her arms and like you see like if she opens her mouth, you can see her eye in the mouth of that lady. And it's like she's busting out of a cocoon skin. So I think it was pretty good graphics for like some of the graphics on this show aren't the best. You can tell they're green screen, but granted, I'm pretty sure this show is cheap, cheaper budget compared to HBO. It's probably still millions of dollars, but I mean, it's probably still a little bit on the cheaper. It's not like Game of Thrones budget. Let's put it that way. But these graphics were really good on how they did that. So basically, she has to do something for the woman, and she has to go into like the secret societies like... Um, what it turns out is Christina Braithwaite, who we met in the very beginning, the daughter of the leader of the Sons of Adam, wants her to plant an item in the police captain's office because the police captain has taken over this lodge and there's some sort of power play going on. We are intentionally not told precisely what's happening. The reason she gives that the captain attempted to kill William, who was the rightful inheritor. Um, actually in retrospect doesn't make any sense because William doesn't exist. William is Christina in man form. So yeah, that's how that whole thing comes about. And she goes back to work and that's when she's like, you got to work twice as hard because the white people are going to get less or get more than you just because you're black. You got to work harder than that. And she's like, and you may wind up stuck in a closet with somebody with their throat slit. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what happened to her. But, um, they were like, because everybody in the store was like freaking out. They're like, what's wrong with this lady? And the black girl's like, I don't know what's going on. And the um, like manager comes over and is like, is everything okay? He's like, oh, yes, everything is fine. Um, she's just going to take us out to the south side tonight. And the black girl's like, what? I didn't agree to this. <laughs> and she's kind of like, yeah, okay. So they go back to the south side and they're like, oh, yeah, looking at all these these black people, they're so different. I'm like, they're also people, but that's kind of the point. Like, these white people are bad. <laughs> like, there's no way around the, uh, like, ooh, like, jungle fever. You know, they're saying, like, all that type of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Kid, what do these people die? <laughs> I was just waiting for it, but my wish did come true. Um, um, so, Letty starts to, or not Letty, uh, Ruby starts to, uh, I think, starts to change mid uh like dance and she's like I i'll be with you guys in a minute and she's just like i can't deal with this 
So she starts to like break her skin off. And this is where you really get to see like the whole transformation thing. And it starts, her skin starts just sliding off her white skin. And then she just comes out. And I was like, wait, where are her clothes? And she gets to keep the clothes from every time. And they're like, nope, she's naked every time. I'm like, where's she getting all these robes? Like, she doesn't have a robe budget <laughs> or something. Well, they've established the Braithwaites are very, very wealthy. So presumably the Braithwaites do just have a giant pile of robes lying around. Like the whole city or something? Because she just pulls up and has just like convenient, like, oh, here's a robe. I think she did that on purpose. Oh, well, maybe. Because remember, she takes the potion and she knows she has a certain amount of time and then she'll change. She doesn't take the potion again. So, no, I think that was she was doing that intentionally. She was ditching the white people. Oh, well, that's true. And then she sees the one. We don't really get her name or if she does get a name, I don't remember. And she's getting like sexually assaulted by their boss, who in the earlier part of the episode was like, who that normal Rockwell painting like he's so good and he has a family Norman Rockwell that's what let's try to say uh he's so good and he loves his family and all that and you see that he's just like a dog and he's just like lying fucking bitch or something like that and she uh like okay then and this was like my favorite part of the episode so she goes back home and she finds out that uh, what's her name, Graham? You can go ahead and explain it. Basically, she goes home and finds out. Well, she goes she to go back home. She goes back to the Braithwaite place because remember, she lives with Letitia. Um, she goes back to the Braithwaite place and she's there's somebody, there's something lost in the basement. She starts demanding answers from William and then William transforms and out of William comes Christina Braithwaite the the heiress and they have kind of this confrontation because christina is like yes you have it bad as a black woman i also have it bad as a woman it's it's more implied than stated um but it's it's because christina's whole thing is she thinks she should be in charge of the sons of adam or at least have the powers of the sons of adam that are denied to her because she's a woman so they have that whole thing, and then then they go and they go to Felicia's favorite scene where Ruby, uh, pretending to be Hillary, does her thing. So she basically starts to snap at this point. She's like, "Okay, this guy is an ass. All these people are assholes. They're just terrible, horrible people. They think like black people are there for their entertainment." So she's like, "Oh, I have to quit because I'm just so attracted to you." And she starts taking like his clothes off, trying to be like all sexy. He's just like, ooh, I like this. And she's like, she sits on like this uh, couch and she has like his belt around his neck and she starts pulling him to the couch and she's like, suck on my heel. And I'm just like, damn, (laughs) okay, that's what we're doing. And basically she takes her shoe. I won't be super explicit and basically starts to puncture i don't know if it's up his ass or like a puncture room on his ass i couldn't really tell but either way she starts doing something with his butt because she's like you are a horrible human being and you are terrible i was like at least somebody gets their comeuppance because that guy was kind of a jerk it's like oh you know i mean everybody's kind of jerky i mean it probably wasn't the best thing to do for him but 
They could have like slid his throat or something. I don't know. Just beat him up. The situation she leaves him in is so completely unbelievable. It's going to ruin his career because he, he's like, I was sexually assaulted by a white woman who turned into a black woman and it turns out the white woman never existed. So probably in a lot of ways more effective than just killing him. Yeah, but I was just like, yeah, shove that shoe up his butt. That's what he gets, a jerk, trying to sexually assault women. It then ends up getting sexually assaulted, which I don't condone, but I was just like, kill him. <laughs> You all can know, but you can understand it, it. It really placed Ruby's action in an emotional setting that, without all the up, all the setup, would have just been completely brutal and out of nowhere. But you get the pressures of being a black person in Chicago in the fifties built up, and you you can see the result of that. Yeah, she was just like super frustrated. She's like, I'm tired of all these white people kicking me down, so I'm gonna start to kick them back. That's what kind of a thing there. And she starts to like her skin starts to peel off, and he looks back and he's just like, What the hell? <laughs> like, what am I seeing here? What is going on? <laughs> and she's just like, I won't say the full quote, but uh Go for it. You can say it. That's true, I can't say it. She's like, and tell him that a nigger bitch fucked you up. And I was just like, yes, that was my favorite part. I was like, yes, run that back, run that back. I was like, yes, girl, tell him, tell him that's what you do. Beat his ass. Ah, That was a great line. I loved it. To fill in some side plot things. This is also when um, Atticus nearly beats his father to death after finding out that his father murdered the twin soul person who um, could have translated the books. And not only that, burned the pages. Turns out Letitia did have photos of it. Um, this is also when Letitia sees how dangerous Atticus can be. Because at this point, I mean, Atticus is, is a big, muscular man and has shown that he can take care of himself. But this is the first time you see the violence that a war veteran directly out of Korea can do. Um, and she says, you know, that, that scares me and their relationships actually develops from that. We also see Montrose um, basically running back to his um, gay partner that you met earlier. I don't remember what his position was. And he's like a bar owner or something like that, or he worked at the bar. And turns out the guy uh, does drag, and so Montrose goes to this big drag show and actually kisses the man in public and all this. So that that was strange case. Um, carrying forward the Lovecraft element of changing bodies and putting different souls in different bodies. Um, and the other one. Also at the end of that episode, there was like a cliffhanger. And when I saw like the cover art for the next episode, I was like, Oh, so we're just going to come back and wait a whole nother week to find out what that cliffhanger was. Cause we were confused. We're like, wait, what? And I was like, Oh, they're going to do that one thing where TV shows like, Hey, you got to keep watching. You want to find out. So this is going to be like a little, backstory episode and then we're going to possibly find out what Atticus knows from the last episode that you watched before the previous filler episode so that's what sorry I just thought go ahead we caught so we're finally caught up now and we are at the episode meet me in Daegu which is a South Korean city I checked the map it is about 50 miles from Busan um, for those who know anything about the war at one point uh, South Korean United Nations forces were pushed all the way south to Busan before turning around and heading back north and essentially set on the parallel. 
Anyways, the point being, it's in Korea during the war, and it starts focusing with what you think is a completely new character. You soon realize this is the woman Atticus has been calling in South Korea. Um, but she, well, I'll do this. I'll do the summary. This does, one does a really good job of revealing things in pieces, but it turns out she's a Kumiho spirit, which is, you actually see it in Chinese and Japanese mythology and Japanese. It's the Kitsune of a nine tailed Fox spirit that turns into a pretty lady and murders men. So a straight up monster, right? But it turns out her, she was summoned into the body of a girl who was being raped by her stepfather as revenge to the stepfather. And there's this big dispute between the um, mother and daughter spirit about whether or not she's really human and everything else. And this is also when you have um, Atticus shows up because he's here. There's a spy in, oh, I should say her name. The character is uh, Gia, played by Jamie Chung. And Gia is a nursing student. She starts working as a nurse. But anyways, she needs to kill 100 men and steal their souls in order to be turned into a human. At least that's what the... Pre, the shaman told her mother, I didn't believe it immediately because deals like that never work. So I think she's supposed to be far worse than that. Um, and it was all very confusing, but it comes down to basically there are two monsters created by the environment they're in. There's the Kumiho, which is a literal monster stealing human souls. And then there's Atticus, who murders a woman out of the blue in an attempt to find a spy and you later find on was involved in torturing a prisoner. Um, and it's these two monsters created by other things coming together with the additional divining factor that the woman Atticus murdered was Gia's best friend. So that it's, and it also deals with the difficulties of human love between two monsters, which I thought was interesting. So what did you want to say? I thought it was pretty interesting. I knew like when they showed uh Tick that I was like, well, he's not gonna be dead. But I know like later on when because they form a relationship, even though you'll probably talk about a little bit more going in the episode about um the they're trying to say like uh in their nursing like unit there's like a conflict, like there's uh, uh what is it, uh communism, somebody's leaking like secrets and information. Yeah, there's uh her friend who may be a lesbian um it seems to be a communist spy it's actually not clear if she's the communist spy because she claims she's a communist spy when the american and south korean troops do it but she could be doing it because they just murdered two people yeah and she didn't want to see other people get murdered because they're like down to like four nurses at this point so they take they basically because Atticus shot one of them because it hit one of his guys' gun jam, and that's how he got introduced. And then he hit her with a gun, and she's like, no! And we don't see her ever again, besides like one flashback where she's getting her teeth pulled out by Tick. They're like torturing her, I'm pretty sure, trying to find out information. So, I thought this episode was, I mean, it's kind of like a, another, like a backstory trying to fill in more information, because this is what, episode six, they have, what, four more for the season? 
So they're trying to, you know, jam as much stuff like his war torn and he's done a lot of bad things. According to him, he just shot somebody right straight in the head, a woman who was probably innocent. <laughs> we don't know, but she was probably innocent and just shot her straight in the head. So, I mean, he's kind of a bad guy too. I, I mean, even though it's war, but still like he just shot somebody innocently in the head and smacked another woman and pulled out another woman's teeth. And he started dating the friend. And they had like a little cute scene in there where they were, he, she's like, ma'am, you got to come this way. And she's like, well, what's going on? And the lights turn on because they closed the movie theater because they're like, this is communism scum or something like that. And uh, he shows up in his little like uniform. He's just like smiling. He's like, Ooh. and she's like, oh, movies. And it's like, who was the star of the movies that she really liked? Judy Garland. Okay, Judy. Wait, there was another guy, Judy Garland, and who was the guy? Fred Astaire? I believe it was Fred Astaire. Okay, yeah. She liked those type of movies. I mean, granted, it was like the, probably the 40s, late 40s, early 50s. So they were watching that movie and stuff like that. And they start to slowly get closer and closer. And the mom is just kind of like, you know you want to kill this man, right? She's like, no, I love him. And she's like, kill this man so I can get my daughter back pretty much is what the mom is saying. He's like, you got to sleep with a hundred men, kill them. And so we, so I can get my daughter back. And she's just like, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. I can control my, uh, tails. That's what they're called. She's like, I can control my tails. Yeah. She, she's a nine tailed Fox. She invites him back to her house. I don't even know if he gets invited, but her room was so awesome. Like there was such a fancy room. It's like, so like, modern looking yet older looking had a nice fancy bed in there for like killing men <laughs> well it was it was a korean house so korean houses traditionally don't have a lot of subdivisions oh it was pretty cool they had little sliding doors like a very traditional looking house and she's like okay let's do this and he's like well I, um this is my first time and she's like it's not mine and she's like oh he's like i i just i, I don't know i just want to let you know kind of like that and she does control her tails that time. And then basically she, I think they have sex like back in, no, they have sex back there and she starts to lose control and just stuff starts to slowly come out. He's like, and it comes out of her eyes and goes to his eyes. And that's when you see the flashback of stuff that's going to happen or flash forward, I guess. And she's like, you're going to die. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what? What the hell? He's like, get the fuck away from me. He's like, what the? Ah, ah. And that's basically the end of that. Yeah, he's not worried about prophecies of death. He's worried about this woman just had five tails come out of her and jam into his body. It's a similar experience I had when I watched Tai Guki, um, which is a Korean movie about the Korean War, which is a reminder that the Korean War was not just a struggle between the United States and the Chinese. It was a literal civil war for the Koreans. And that's why you see the spy the movie theater is closed down they just hang a man in the street as a communist so that's it's 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 a lot yeah but that was basically the end of that episode and oh no at the end they take her to like so they take her to the shaw woman since it is a woman and she's like uh you didn't finish and she's like is tick gonna die and she and it was just kind of vague she's like Bitch, I don't know. That's basically what it seemed like to say. It was, it was kind of like, 
you are going to do so much bad stuff. You saw one death, whatever. Yeah, like, bitch, you got a lot more stuff to worry about than that. So uh, I'm just going to blow this, like, burn, set the uh, paper on fire and let it blow in the wind. And that's the end of the episode. And also there's, like, a little CGI fox. Not as good rendering as in the previous episode, but cheaper budget, like I said. And that is the end of that episode. And we are all caught up waiting for we gotta wait till sunday to see what happens hopefully they pick up on the cliffhanger from the previous episode i mean they'll have to they've basically tied up for now ticks time in korea yeah we shall saw that pretty much unless we get a backstory on uh letty or Let- yeah Letitia. i mean it's possible but i also don't think she needs the same level of backstory that uh atticus does yeah, I'm just saying, you know, stretch it out. Just stretch that season out a little bit longer. Stretch. Well, they don't need to stretch it. You can keep saying stretch all you want, but they don't need to stretch it out. So, yeah, that's... If you haven't watched it, I'd suggest, like, watching it because we, we, we're trying to sum it up as much as we can because these episodes are, like, 45 minutes to an hour, mostly, like, an hour. And there's a lot of stuff packed in there. I would just go ahead and, and take a look at it. It's a very interesting look with racism and magic. That's basically kind of what it is. I think of the episodes we've seen, it would be actually a pretty solid standalone. Um, it's it's a very self-contained story. You do get the outfeeds of understanding what Atticus did in Korea and understanding that Atticus is supposed to die. Those You get those out. Otherwise, it's very self-contained. Yep, so if you got that uh, free weekly trial, I would wait and just binge watch them all. So you got four more weeks, and then you sign up for that week trial. Or steal somebody else's uh, HBO Max or HBO account. So, yep. I did want to talk about something, though. Go for it. I've been seeing a lot of stuff, like, online. Like, it's basically this past Tuesday was, it finally is fall now. Summer is officially over. Um, Lady Rona is still out here clapping lobes, but it's like fall now, and I'm seeing people like, yes, I can finally break out my crock pot or a slow cooker because crock pot is a registered trademark. But for this instance, for this instance, I'm gonna say crock pot. <laughs> um I've been using my crock pot for like ever. I don't just use it in the fall and or winter. So I don't know why people are just like, yes, it's like you could take the shackle, like yeah, it's under like lock and key. Like finally, these few months, I can finally break out my crock pot. I was like, you can use a crock pot whenever you want. I know this is like nitpicky, but I'm just like seeing people. Yes, it's crock pot season, and it's like the same people that are like, yay! It's like boots and leather jackets and like vests. Pumpkin spice. Yes, I wasn't going to say it, but you, the tone of my voice, and these people, you already know. Don't say it. She and Pumpkin Spice have there's there's something I think Pumpkin Spice killed her family. I need to ask her mom about that. Oh my god, it's gross! Like I don't like pumpkins. Like I don't like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin like and first of all, it's not even real pumpkin in the pumpkin spice lattes. Do you like pumpkin? Are you anti pumpkin? I'm anti pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin pie, but that's basically sugar. Yeah, so it's not even real pumpkin pie. I bet if you had a real pumpkin, pureed it, and you'd be like, ugh. What is this? Nobody likes pumpkins. That's why they sit outside and rot (laughs) on Halloween. (laughs) They're just out there like, 
oh, we grow these, but you don't eat them. You carve them up and you set them outside. And you put funny faces on them or scary faces, but don't eat them because just don't. If you want to eat them, eat this instead. Well, the pumpkins you carve are not the pumpkins you eat because they're bred to be big and not really taste good. I don't know. I've never eaten either. So, so yeah, pumpkins are gross. I am just not a pumpkin sweet potato pie. Fine. I'm not a huge pie person either. It's like a naked cake. <laughs> That's what it looks like. But yeah, like when everybody's like, oh, it's fall season and crock pots. I'm just like, you can use your crock pot whenever you want. I've used it in July. I made chili in July because I was like, we're in the middle or not in July. And like, we're in the peak of like, I'm like, I'm running out of things to cook. And I don't feel like cooking every day during this pandemic. Screw it, crock pot, throw a whole bunch of meat, some beans in there, bam, chili. Simple, easy. Crock pot has saved lives during the pandemic right now. Hey, you better go check your Instagram story for the votes on our challenge. Oh, I got it already. I took a screenshot. And it's actually from Twitter because I got more responses from Twitter. But from the black card revoked, um, that I put up. I only put up one of the cards. And the card was, Mama said, stop running in and out of this house before you blank. And um, basically, 9% hurt yourself, which parents don't care if you hurt yourself. 18% let a fly in, which is what I said, because my mom's just like, first of all, you gotta go in or out. But that was an option. Break my screen door had also 18%. And 55% let my good air out. And there was only 11 votes. But that was the first time I did this. So that was the polls. And I got some DMs, or not DMs, some comments. People like, beat my ass should be one of them. I was like, yeah, but it wasn't one of the options on the card. So that would be a good one. But usually my mom would be like, you either go in or out. Pick one. You can't keep coming and running in and out. And it basically, for my mom, this is, again, majority rules of this. From my experience, it would be, you're going to let a fly in the house. And we don't like flies in the house. You are deathly afraid of flies being in this house. It's amazing the efforts you'll go through if a single insect or arachnid enters this house. I don't want bugs in my house. And my parents don't have flies in their house just because your parents leave them open, which is fine. They don't have air, so they have to get circulation in the summertime. But I don't want no giant flies in my house. I'm like, hey, they ain't paying rent. Lucky y'all let Bowie stay up in here. He don't pay rent. I don't want flies up in here congregating and they're just fly around it's just a news not like ah just annoying there are no flies in here now you're welcome so yeah that was the poll graham do you have a book for for us this week yes it is called warrior nerd (laughs) go ahead it is called War Year by Joe Haldeman. This will be probably the shortest book I'll ever, and I will recommend this one, which is all of 108 pages long, and it moves extremely quickly. It's Haldeman um, largely fictionalizing his own Vietnam War experience. It's very raw. It's very close to the action. It's very direct, and like I said, it moves extremely quickly. Um, I mean, it's never going to be an all-quiet on the Western Front or uh, Red Badge of Courage. It's not, it's not going to quite reach. Well, actually, maybe. Probably could be Red Badge of Courage. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think it'll ever enter the, the truly great war stories. But this one, 
I really think a lot of people need to read because it does move quickly. It's very direct and it gives it's, and unlike many of them, it's extremely combat focused and gives a very different sense of what modern war means than um, a lot of else, a lot of other material out there. So uh, yeah, but the central conceit is it follows a, um, drafty who enters the combat engineers and his time, including his wounding in Vietnam. And it is, um, yeah, so it's, it's a good book. I think you should read it. Oh, the last thing before we get to our fun little segments, I do have some new words. I've been having a little segment of like running notes of things. Like I'm like, okay, grandpa, I won't know this word and all that. All of these segments are fun. That's true, but this is what I enjoy the most because it makes funny. <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that, you jerk. But before that, I have a little note in here because I have like a little note tab on my computer, and it just says white people clapping in background <laughs> movies. And I was like, oh yeah, I did want to talk about that. It's probably going to be really short, but I don't know if I'm the only one, but I look in the background, like we started watching this show on Netflix and it's called like Sing On. It's got Titus Burgess in it, which I love him. That's why I started watching it. And uh, it's basically like Guitar Hero karaoke type of thing. And they try to hit like pitch people who think they can sing like karaoke style and they win money. And I'm like, I'm looking in the background. I was like, what white people are offbeat? Because there's always going to be somebody offbeat. Okay, I shouldn't just say white people. It could be anybody offbeat. But I'm just mostly looking at, like, I saw a few in one episode. They were definitely offbeat. Like, they were like, I was like, that's not even, look at people around you. (laughs) Just, like, take a small look around and find out, like, how to get the beat. Or don't clap at all. You can just kind of move side to side. But that's just what I have. Like, in any movie, I guess, like, even, like, any type of background where they're having like a dance party. I saw it in the grassy. Cause I know like when they're filming it, they don't, there's like no music, right. Or something like that. I've heard. Yeah. When they, they dub music in later. So that's why uh, dancers and background scenes are never dancing to the same music because they aren't listening to any music. Yeah. So I can see that, but I'm like, if there's like four to five people clapping on a beat, you can't be that one person. That's just like off beat. <laughs> So maybe it's just because, but in this case, they were playing the music live. So these people were on beat in rhythm, like with the music that was already playing. Like this wasn't like dubbed in later. This was actual music because it is a karaoke contest dubbed in. And then we saw this like one black lady doing this like funny dance. And I was like, I love this. This is hilarious. The show's hilarious. So we were watching that. We have like one more episode to go. But I, I just wanted to put that out there because I was like, I can't be the only one that watches this. Like, you got to watch the background people. Sometimes those are the best people. Because they just do random stuff. Especially like kids TV shows when they show like, uh, I think Drew Gooden or was it Danny Gonzalez said it like, usually in the background of like TV shows, like for like kids, there's always one kid that looks into the camera. It's like, yep, there's always like a person that stares directly in the camera and stuff like that. So. Anyway, that's that's all I had for that. So, you ready for the card this week? No, not really, but I'll suffer through it because I love you. Okay, anyway. Ready? Here it is. 
by what time did you have to be home when you were a kid? A, when it got dark. B, 8 p.m. C, when the streetlights come on. D, midnight. I'll give you some time to think. At what age range are we saying? This is kids, so I'm assuming like... Okay, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Mm, I don't know. I never really played outside with other kids, so... I'm just going to say before the streetlights, like when the streetlights come on. Because that's like summertime. I mean, if you're out in the summertime, it's like 9 to 30. 8 o'clock, everybody else is out. You don't want to be that one kid that has to go back home. Your mom make you be home by 8? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Um, generally, though, I mean, at school nights, we weren't allowed to stay out past like... Six or so, so we have to cook. Well, this is kids, though, so you don't really have homework when you're a kid. But generally, it's home by dinner. Oh, well, I must say, like I said, I really didn't. Like, we were growing up, we were lived in a slightly bad neighborhood, so I never really played with, like, the neighborhood kids. I was always, like, at some basketball practice. So I'm going to say when the streetlights come on, because if I was, like, riding my bike out and starting to get late, she's like, you better be back home before it gets dark out there. The streetlights come on. So, okay, you time for time for some Graham IDK. All right, I got to pick it up and see what I want. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> oh, okay, I got a good one. The first one I wrote, and you're like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "I'll save it for the podcast." You ready for this? Absolutely not. But go ahead. All right. The word for this week is cakes. <laughs> Your face. Why'd you look at me like that? Stop looking at me like that. It's cakes. I assume I'm not allowed to say baked goods here. I mean, it is a baked good, but not in this instance. Come on. <laughs> Context. You didn't give me any context! Okay, you want me to give you a sentence? Yes, so there could actually be context for you to yell me about. Ooh, that boy got some nice cakes. But There you go. See? Context. Easy. Well, Urban Dictionary used girl with with a nice tight ass. And there's some water emojis for some reason. I'm assuming that he's like... I don't know. And the sentence they use is, damn, she got some cake, bro. I'm just going to assume at this point that every word in the English language also means butt and sex. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, because I remember you were talking, I was reading something, some NBA player got like kicked out of China because he's like, yo, these girls have some nice cakes down here or something. And they're like, oh, he's racist and all that. And I guess he came back. It didn't make the huge news story, but I was just like, oh, cakes. And you're like, what is, what does that mean? I was like, oh, save for the podcast. So <laughs> this is the world I live in now where Felicia is lurking around waiting for opportunities to embarrass me on the podcast. It's not embarrassing. I'm just saying this is just slang. You could come up with words that I don't know. Well, guys, that's the end of the podcast. We go ahead and end it here. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to send us some email. We really want to start getting some mail because maybe we can do a 
mailbag episode. So go ahead and send us some mail at damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Once again, damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. I have been one of your hosts, Felicia. He is Graham. Yes, I am. And that is the end of the podcast for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. See you on the next one. Bye.